Welcome back to Tears and Flowers. It's your favorite Halen Muslima. And we are back with another episode of Tears and Flowers after about two months. So you guys may have wondered where I've been, what I've been doing, what I've been up to. Um, that last episode, trigger warning, was indeed a trigger. Okay, and um because healing is not linear, I wasn't expecting it to put me in the place that it did. Until this day, I still have not listened to that episode. So that episode is the least edited, the least messed with, manipulated. It's the most raw and uncut um, episode that I have because I couldn't even listen to it to make sure that it was right it sounded okay whatever I don't even know what the episode sounds like still haven't listened to it okay so two months later I'm figuring okay Zakia what are you doing where are you at right now mentally how are you feeling physically what's going through your mind the thoughts that's going through your mind all of those different things so in the past two months since the last episode I have been still reading my books still doing the exercises in the books okay I have since started sorry about that got my window open I have since started um, EMDR therapy okay which is uh, a trauma-based therapy and it basically puts you in purposely puts you in your traumatic memories and then connects them to a safe place so um so that when you are because the memories are not going to go away you're going to remember that these things happen to you but the thing is to learn how to cope with it how to deal with it and how to thrive through it okay so you're going to remember that these things happen but the goal is to be able to remember these things and your body not have a fight or flight response. Your your body is not always on high alert and you know you're able to actually function without those memories constantly hanging over you. And so you learn to associate uh, safe places, safe spaces, safe people and that um eventually hopefully will help you to you know be able to live through those memories and not have it affect you so much okay so I've had two sessions already the first one both of them went really well I really like this therapist and she said give me eight months give me eight months and you'll be a different person I promise you so I'm, I'm holding her to her words, okay? I'm going to give her eight months. 
and I really want to see where this goes. So, so far she's had me doing um, breathing exercises. She wants me to do a breathing exercise 20 times a day. And she also, um, on my last session, she wants me to start, um, she wants me to pick a place that I feel safe at and for me to start going there once a week. Now for me, I'm Muslim. So I chose, <clears throat> sorry, I chose Fridays and to go to Juma prayers if I'm able to. I still haven't figured out if the one I wanna go to is even having in-person services, but we'll see. Anyway, that's the one I chose, okay? So, um, and to go there every Friday and to just experience it. Because a lot of times I will get so overwhelmed by my anxiety that it is hard for me to go out and do things, really. Doesn't matter if it's a necessity or a want. And so also to give myself consequences for not leaving when I am supposed to. Okay, because there are times where I will have something I want to do. I'll get up, get dressed, shower, all that. And after I'm done, I start, I get so overwhelmed by anxiety. And I'll tell myself, okay, I'll just sit down for a few minutes and, you know, calm myself down. And I end up never leaving. So it's like, no, we got to stop that because the world is out there and I still need to interact with it. So pick a safe place that's the place that I chose so hopefully just going there um, will help me just feel like there are safe spaces for me out in the world somewhere <laughs> you know other than my home which is the funny thing because to a certain extent I don't even feel safe in my home which is a whole nother paradox and it's not because I feel like someone in my home is going to hurt me or there's a threat in my home but it's just um, you know if somebody breaks into my house like because um, last year someone broke into my neighbor's house and she's an older woman with her two grandkids okay and this man broke in with a knife and Lord thank goodness she was able to run him out by spraying bug spray at him. She had no weapons. And, you know, he ended up finally running out. Um, but that is still in the back of my mind constantly. Like, so I'm making sure I'm checking my windows at night, making sure my door is locked, double checking that my door is locked, like just stuff like that. So there's always some kind of anxiety. So we're gonna have to figure out a whole nother plan for me to make my home a safe space for me again because even with you know my situation um that is part of my trauma you know I had a restraining order and for that year that I had the restraining order I felt safe in my home for the most part you know I was always like looking over my shoulder sometimes you know what I mean but for the most part, I felt like this is my own little bubble. I'm safe over here. But as soon 
as my restraining order was up, as soon as my restraining order was up, they were at my door. And it completely crumpled whatever safety I thought I had. And ever since then, it's been really hard for me to even feel safe in this place. And I'm not gonna even lie, I don't even wanna live here anymore. Like that's how I, I feel like my, my safety and my, my peace of mind was violated. And now I don't even wanna be here anymore, but that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> anyway, so um, on top of that, um, I've been trying to look at my relationships with people in a different way, namely with my father. Um, I've seen him, we didn't speak for such a long time. If anybody listened to my Daddy Issues episode, you know that me and my father's relationship is not the best. We love each other, but it's not the best. And so, Um, For a long time, we did not speak. And especially with my current situation going on, we did not speak. And so it took me a while to get to the point to where um, I would be open to just listening to him or even talking to him for that matter and expressing how I feel. And he gave me opportunities to express how I felt and I expressed how I felt honestly if you know me like (laughs) don't tell don't ask me what I think or how I feel about something I'm gonna tell you and you know I'm sure he didn't like some of the things that I said I'm sure some of the things I said didn't feel good but sometimes the truth doesn't but I needed to say it and he needed to hear it just as much so you know he's given me those opportunities And in that time, um, it's just helped me and allowed me to see him in a more human light. It was easy for me, easier for me to um, humanize my mother because one, she's a woman, I'm a woman. She was a mother, I'm a mother. You know, she went through heartache and, you know, abuse from a man ironically so did I you know what I mean so it's easy for me to relate to her her pain her story and you know and in turn not completely overlook but understand why things were done the way they they were done you know what I mean but because my father didn't raise me because he wasn't in my life much as a child um and because he's a man and then he's a man with certain ideologies um it made it very easy for me to separate him from humanness almost because I didn't equate those kinds of Um, behaviors with humanness 
to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how I connected with other humans. And so it, it was such a foreign thing to me. And just, you know, some of his ways, it just made it easy for me to be like, you know what, well, he's that way. And whereas with my mother, it was more like, you know, well, she was that way because, or she was that way, but. So now I'm I'm starting to look at um, both of my parents in less of a judgmental POV and more from just a stranger looking at another human being's life, you know, and how they, how they've survived through it, how they've changed through it, how they've grown through it. And, um, you know, it's helped me admit some things about my mother. It's helped me admit some things about my father, both good and bad. And so, um, you know, I'm working on it. My my dad, he um, he he's 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 old. You know what I mean. So in a lot of ways, he's probably stuck in those ways. But um, the last time I I saw my dad, he was he was uh he was just so human to me, and it really took me aback. It really shocked me because. I don't know what I thought he was before or what, I don't know. And it, it was just like, I got emotional over it because for the first time I was imagining my father as a little boy, imagining him as, you know, growing up and things that he felt how they changed him, how they shaped him. And it's it's a lot harder to hold on to anger when you see someone from that point of view. Like when you see someone as an adult and you see the things that they do, you're like, well, why the heck are you doing those things? Like, you know, like you should know and whatever. Like it's, it's so easy for you to, to judge the here and the now, but um, when you take the, take the time to kind of go back and just, you know, kind of think about um, their story in its entirety, you know what I mean? And there's so, 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 so many things I don't know about my father. And that's another one of the, the problems and why it's so hard for me to connect to him because I don't know much about you you know what I mean like I know close to nothing about his family even like I know his sisters beyond that no clue you know what I mean like I don't even know my cousins my first cousins on my father's side like I'm completely removed from his family I don't know who he is and the last time I saw my dad, I asked him, like, do you mind if I, you know, like, just interviewed you? And he kind of looked at me like, 
for your podcast. <laughs> he didn't say it in a bad way or nothing. But I was like, oh, so have you listened to that? I didn't ask him that, but I thought it. And um, I was like, actually, no. Like, not for my podcast, but just for me to understand you more. Like, I just want to understand you. You know? And he was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, I thought about it some more. And I said, you know what? Now that you think about it, why not for my podcast? And he was like, shrugged his shoulders. He said, I don't mind. So I said, you know what? We'll 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 think about this some more. And you know, it, before that happens, though, let me get to know who this man is. You know, this man that I have this crushingly overwhelming love for this love that almost encompasses me that I yearn for from a man that I don't even really know much about you know what I mean like even thinking about that just kind of makes me want to cry now because that man, I have wanted his love, his attention, his affection, his everything for my entire life. I have, I have craved it so much. I have looked for it in men that had no good intentions for me. And, you know, that kind of makes me sad. Not gonna lie. But, not gonna dwell on that I'm gonna acknowledge that sadness because I do feel it I'm gonna validate that sadness because it makes sense that I would feel that way what little girl wouldn't that's her daddy right and I'm gonna give myself permission to feel that sadness I'm not gonna live in it I'm not gonna become it I'm not going to let it overwhelm me. I'm just going to give myself permission to experience that sadness. Okay, so I'm going to be spending some time getting to know him and just trying to figure out who he is and the correlation that has to who I am. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to figure out who I am. Everything I do is in a quest to know more about myself to figure out more about myself so that I can be the best version of myself and show up as my best self every time hopefully you know which brings me to you know my next point of what I've been doing in the meantime I watched this webinar um this week actually on managing anxiety and stress now I belong to this self-healer circle if you've heard me talk before if you see me on instagram i don't know tiktok uh heard on my podcast i talk about um the holistic psychologist that's her at on instagram the holistic psychologist um her name is nicole she is awesome her page is awesome so I joined her self-healer circle. And so this week they had an awesome webinar on managing anxiety and stress, okay? And 
what I just did with the feelings that I felt about my father. I just said, I acknowledged it, I validated it, and I gave myself permission. That is one of the things that um, the guest speaker at this webinar, I can't remember her name right now, but that was one of the tools that she gave, and it's called AVP, Acknowledge, Validate, Permit, okay? So she talked a lot about you know, our relationship with anxiety and how we perceive it, how we interact with it is going to determine how it affects us, how damaging it is to us. Because anxiety in and of itself is a protection for us. It's a built-in protection to keep us safe from any outside external threats. We need it. We don't need to eradicate anxiety. If we did, we'd probably, you know, hurt ourselves and, and something bad would happen pretty soon because we would have no fear of anything, not even things that are actual threats. Okay, so we need anxiety, but we want to have a different relationship with it. We don't want to hate it. We don't want to look at it as our enemy. We want to actually befriend it. And that kind of changed my whole outlook on anxiety. And she was saying that we cannot get through feelings we don't allow ourselves to have. Now, every single human being on this earth, they want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. They want to know that they're real. They want to know that what they feel is real and how they perceive the world is real. Okay? So... A lot of times we'll spend the majority of our energy validating other people, myself included. I do this all the time. I'm always, you know, validating other people's feelings. Oh, it makes sense you feel like that. Like you should feel that way. And I understand why you feel that way. And you know, that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I do. But when it comes to my own feelings, I'm like, you don't, you probably don't have a right to feel this way because you're probably overreacting. It's probably not even that serious. And here you go again, being extra, being dramatic, you know, all these negative thoughts start coming into my head and something that I am legitimately feeling a certain way about, I will dismiss and not even give myself permission to have. So I've just made myself invisible to myself, not even giving myself the space in my own body to feel my own emotions, okay? So we don't allow ourselves to feel anything that is uncomfortable or unpleasant, and we can't regulate feelings we don't give ourselves permission to have. How do you regulate anger when you're constantly denying that you're angry? <laughs> so like, or how do you regulate sadness when you don't even want to admit that you're sad? You know, because, oh, that means you're weak. Or like, we have to give ourselves permission to have these feelings because 
that uncomfortableness, that discomfort, it's a sign of something new, not something bad. Our bodies automatically want to stay in its comfort zone. And whenever you take it out of its comfort zone, it's going to give you physical symptoms. That's how it warns you, hey, what's up, what's going on? <laughs> this ain't what we're supposed to be doing. So that discomfort is just a sign of something new. It's not always necessarily bad, but again, we still need that anxiety because sometimes that discomfort means that it is something bad. But if we're perceiving everything as bad, how do you know what's actually bad and what's actually good if you're perceiving everything as a threat? So when you acknowledge, validate, and permit, you're saying, I know I'm feeling this. This is what I'm feeling. And you're giving it a name. Don't try to skirt around how you're feeling. If you're pissed, say you're pissed. If you're depressed, say you're depressed. If you're sad, say it. If you're whatever it is, give it a name. Give it its name. And then validate it by saying, that makes sense because such and such happened. So-and-so said this to me and that hurt. So it would make sense that I would feel like this right now. Like stop dismissing yourself. And then you permit yourself to have those feelings. You say, you know what? I'm feeling like this because this happened and it makes sense that I'm feeling like this. So I'm gonna give myself permission to feel this. And that in itself is so free. And I have to tell you, I just listened, I just watched this webinar this week. And since I've watched it, I have tried AVP at least three times and it works. I'm not even joking. It freaking works, especially when you are the main one doubting yourself and putting yourself down and I'm telling you to feel seen. You guys know what it's like to feel seen by someone else, right? That uh, that sigh of relief you feel. Imagine how you feel when you validate you. I'm telling you, it works. And the more you practice it, the more you're able to grab a hold of these feelings and put it in its proper place. Put it in its proper place. Because, and I was talking to my oldest son about it. And I told him about the first time that I actually practiced the AVP. And um, if, if, you're, if you know me, you know, like, if I look at the clock and it's a certain time, it, like for me, I'm always seeing certain numbers, okay? So on this particular day, I saw 131, which is my oldest son's birthday. And so I rushed to my messages and I wanted to hurry up and send him a kiss emoji at 131. So I go to um, type in the word kiss, right? Because I'm too lazy to just type the emoji thing, of course. <laughs> so I figure I'll just type in the word kiss and then press the kissy emoji and then send it. Well, when I went to type in the word kiss, instead of kiss, the word loss came up. Oh my God. <laughs> Can y'all imagine 
how my anxiety immediately went through the roof. Now, mind you, this is October. My nephew was murdered last October, October 13th, okay? So that is fresh on my mind. I'm missing my nephew like crazy. And so when I typed that word loss, I immediately thought of my nephew because my son lives in Tennessee. He doesn't live close to me. And so, again, if you know me, I think nothing happens by coincidence. So immediately my brain starts firing on all cylinders. I'm like, oh my God, this is a sign. My son is in danger. Something's happening to him right now. Like, don't ask me why I think I'm, I be thinking I'm some type of superhero or something like that, y'all. But listen, not for no reason. I feel like that for a reason because I have a really strong connection to people when I love them. I have a super, super strong connection. And there are times when they are going through things and they will pop up in my mind or I will think about them so hard and I will start praying for them or whatever or they'll call me or send me a message or whatever and be like you've been on my mind so so much lately it's just like yeah I've been praying for you whatever I've been thinking about you whatever so I I have a strong connection so not for nothing I'll be thinking these things okay this sort of mind is such a powerful and dangerous thing okay because if you're not able to control it you're going off in so many different directions it's crazy okay so again we go back to this loss i'm like oh my god something's going on with my son my whole body just starts like i just get this wave of anxiety throughout my entire body it washes over me i bust out in a cold sweat i start shaking I'm like, I'm in, and immediately I'm imagining all these scenarios in my head. Like, oh my God, like somebody's like, you don't even want to know all the crazy ass thoughts that was going through my head, okay? I'm just thinking, whatever dangers are out there in the world, they're attacking my son right now, <laughs> okay? Everything and whatever. So I'm going crazy. So I'm like, I sent him the kissy emoji anyway. And then, of course, by the time I finally get, all of this is going through my head. In the few seconds that it took for me to type in, to mistype kiss, and it puts in it spells loss, for me to erase loss, type in kiss again, press the kissy emoji, and then send it, it's 132. Okay, so this is a very short amount of time, seconds. In all of, in that little window of time, in those seconds, I had been basically imagining every type of calamity befalling my son. That's what was happening to him right then and there. So as these thoughts are going through my head, I'm having a physical reaction to every single thought. I'm in full-blown panic mode, okay, internally. So I stopped myself after I sent it, and I said, what are you doing? 
Didn't you just watch something that gave you a tip to help? So I sat down. I pulled out my notes from the webinar because I write notes for everything, okay? <laughs> so, and believe me, when you're talking to me, I'm taking mental notes. So um, I went back to my notes and went back to acknowledge, validate, permit, okay? I said, I am feeling dread, anxiety, and fear. That's what I'm feeling right now. And it's washing over my entire body. And I said, okay, why am I feeling like this? And I said, I'm feeling like this because, now mind you, I'm saying all of this out loud because I need to hear things as well as see them in front of me, all of this thing, okay? So I'm sitting here in my room and I'm saying, um, why do I feel like this? I feel like this because my son lives in a whole nother state. <laughs> you know, that's my baby. That's my oldest boy. And for the past, you know, nineteen, twenty years of his life, he's been with me. So it's weird not having him that close to me. And with him not being that close to me, I don't know if he's okay. I don't know if he's eaten. I don't know if his clothes are clean. I don't know if he needs his clothes washed. Like, you know, I'm mommy, so I'm worried about him. He's hundreds of miles away. He's 500 miles away from me, so I'm worried about him. I'm his mother. That makes sense, okay? I'm not some little loony tune that just wants to overreact to everything and have these dramatic ass uh, responses to the simplest of things because I know it sounds so stupid. Like, girl, you typed in lost instead of kiss. Like, what the hell are you sitting here hyperventilating for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this is this is what happens. This, the mind is a powerful thing. And your mind, literally, your brain is controlling your organs. It's, it's telling your organs to work. All of that without you having to think about it. So it's ridiculous for us to think that we can go through events that are traumatic in life and then not affect us in ways that we can't control, okay? So it makes sense that I would feel that way. My son is far from me and I miss him, plain and simple. And then I gave myself permission to feel that anxiety. That's my baby. I carried him in my womb and gave birth to him. That's my child. And so I give myself permission to care about him and to worry about his safety and to hope that he is okay. You know what I'm saying? But then I had to put it in its place because we cool anxiety, but we're not that cool. And you can't be up in here causing all this ruckus all the time over the smallest little thing. So another one of the things that the doctor was saying in the webinar is to you know you have to you have to put it in its place you know but in a friendly way though so I had to sit there and I said out loud you know I thanked my anxiety I thanked it for keeping me safe when I need it and I said thank you for reminding me how much I love my son. Thank you for reminding me 
that I have to stay connected to him. Meaning, I need to call him more. I need to text him more. You know, because I'm, I'm not a phone person. I do all my business on my phone. But as far as calls and stuff, you know, like, I'm, I'm just not a phone person. So I don't make a lot of calls. You know, so I'm like, thank you for reminding me that, um, you know, I need to stay connected to my son. I miss him. He's he's far away from me, but that doesn't mean that there's there's no connection. We're still connected. And I also had to remind myself while I'm sitting here, you know, validating my feelings because, you know, I carried him in my womb and gave birth to him. I had to remind myself that he doesn't belong to me plain and simple he's my son yes but he doesn't belong to me I was just the vessel to get him on this earth so that he could fulfill his own purpose he doesn't belong to me he belongs to the one that created him and so if the one that created him decides that he wants him back number one what can I do and number two who am I to protest and say no. And so, if I remember that as well, it's less worry for me because I know he don't belong to me. I know I I don't have, I'm not taking care of him. That's his creator's job. You know what I mean? Which his creator has been doing since he literally created him without my help. You know, I didn't help by having him. I didn't help him while he was in my womb. I carried him. But I didn't make my body function in the way that it needed to in order to sustain him. In order for him to grow and be brought on this earth. So he does not belong to me. I can love him, yes, because he is a part of me. But he does not belong to me. And that thought was so freeing. It was so freeing. So when I tell you AVP works, it does. Because it will release you from all these burdens of control you think you're supposed to have. It will release you from all these um, self-imposed obligations that are unnecessary and a lot of times unneeded and not even realistic. Like, so... At the end of the day, I don't get to even decide when I die. So how do I get to decide when my son dies? You know, like that's that's the law's creation. And so I have to trust that if a law can take care of the smallest creature at the bottom of the sea, he's not going to leave my son. You know what I'm saying? And if my son should happen to return to him, that is what he was supposed to do so again I have no I have no control over that and so it was very free so I've been practicing things like that um the hot cocoa breathing method the square breathing method like I'm I'm just soaking up all the things that I can to try to get myself back on track because honestly the past month especially I have been doubting myself so much like even with this podcast I know there are people that have reached out to me 
and have said that, you know, I've helped them in some way. Alhamdulillah, I'm so happy that I've helped anyone because it makes me feel like I didn't go through all of that for nothing. Like I didn't, I didn't, I'm not still experiencing the pain from those events for nothing. But there are also times where I feel like nobody really cares. <laughs> like nobody's even listening or nobody, nobody even cares or nobody's even, and it's just like, I have to remind myself, one, why I, the purpose of this. I have to revisit that. A lot of times we think that we get a concept, we memorize a concept, and that's it. No, we have to revisit, 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 refresh, revisit, refresh, revisit, refresh. We have to do that so many times because life happens and you will forget things in the heat of a moment. You will forget those things. So you have to revisit things until it becomes a habit. Because right now, trauma responses are a habit. It's what you needed to do to survive. Period. It's what you needed to do to survive. And it served its purpose. It served its purpose. But now it's not needed anymore. And it needs to take a step back. And so, yeah, I'm trying to just learn all the things that I can learn to help myself, to help my children get through their own healing process, you know, so that I am not re-traumatizing them as I'm working through my trauma, you know, because I have emotions. I'm human. I have good and bad days, but I'm still a mother and I still have little ones that I have to model these behaviors for. So I can't teach them the breathing techniques if I'm not doing them. I can't even come on here and tell you guys about things if I'm not doing them myself and I don't know or feel like they are helpful. And so in order for me to do that, I have to keep learning and I have to keep pushing and I have to keep healing. I can't I can't heal myself without continuing. And I can't help others heal without continuing healing. And I know this is gonna be a forever thing. Like for the rest of my life, I am going to be healing. But I am just hoping that during that process you know, the the pangs get a little bit less and less, you know, to where it is something that has just happened in my life and it's no longer um, affecting me to the point to where it has control over any parts of my life. It's okay to even revisit that sadness. Sometimes it's natural. It's like if somebody passes away, you don't grieve for them right after they pass away and then you forget they existed. You're gonna think about that person for the rest of your life. But hopefully as time goes on, the pain 
of remembering them gets a little bit less and you're able to smile more and more. Doesn't mean you don't miss that person. Doesn't mean that you wouldn't give anything to have that person next to you in, in a perfect world, but you know, it's affecting you. It's negative effects on you are getting less and less. We don't want to get rid of grief. We love people and that's how we remember that we love people. Even grieving lost relationships, lost friendships, um, lost pets, lost jobs. Like people think that it's something wrong with you if you grieve the loss of something and that affects you. You it's nothing wrong with grieving it. It affects you. But as time goes on, hopefully you're not gonna be sobbing your eyes out every single day. Like that's the goal. You don't wanna, you know, if you had a job that you freaking love and you loved your coworkers, all of that, and then you lost that job, it would be insane for somebody to tell you you're ridiculous for grieving the loss of that job. Even if you had a job that you loved and hated, <laughs> okay? And also going a step further, even if you hated that job and you lost it, you will still grieve because somewhere in there, that job became a staple in your life and it became a part of your comfort zone. People think that comfort zones are comfortable and that's not always the case. Some people's comfort zone is chaos. Some people's comfort zone is turmoil. So if something becomes regular to you and it's just, it becomes a part of your existence, the loss of that, when that is taken away from you, can feel devastating because that is something that although it was disliked or even painful it was a given and when givens are taken away from us we don't know what to do you know what I mean it, it's hard to deal with it so if you're grieving the loss of a toxic job a toxic relationship a toxic friendship don't let nobody tell you that you're crazy for grieving it just because you didn't freaking you wasn't riding the rainbow the entire experience okay don't let nobody tell you that you're crazy for grieving that loss because when somebody takes away something that you have been used to having every single day it doesn't even matter if it's a slap in the face look at squid games mind you I ain't gonna even talk about the fact that I said I, I refused to watch it and I end up watching the whole entire season. But anyways, Squid Games, when that man was slapping him, when he, that was, if he lost, he got a slap. Now, mind you, in the beginning, his prize was money. But when he finally won, after being slapped so many times, now before this, all this man could think about was money. All that man woke up, thought about money, went to sleep thinking about money, okay? But after being slapped so many times repetitively, when he finally won, he didn't even think about the money. All he wanted to do was slap dude back. You know what I mean? Because 
that had become become the norm. He wasn't even thinking about the money at that point. So your brain can trick you like that. What you think is important in the beginning is really once that that normality is no longer in the environment, you can even look at animal studies. You give them something every single day for a certain amount of time. And then all of a sudden you take that thing away from them. They'll probably be disoriented, you know, just like wandering. Like, so if animals do these things, what makes us think that people are not going to be affected in some type of way? Everything has an effect on us, good or bad. So losing something, even if it wasn't good for you, if you're grieving that loss, don't let nobody convince you that you're crazy or stupid or anything like that. It is normal and you have to grieve it in order to, you know, let some of that stuff go. So, ooh child, I know I haven't did an episode in a minute, so I gave you guys more than enough of an earful of what I have been up to. I still have um, episodes in my drafts that I haven't even worked on. When I tell y'all, I have been afraid to come anywhere near this thing (laughs) the past couple months. I'm not lying. But, um, you know, I'm getting there. I'm still reading. I'm still doing my work. I'm, I'm journaling. I'm getting better at being consistent with journaling, better at being more consistent with meditating and just working on me and showing up for me. That's it. I'm showing up for me because who else will? And I can't even look at nobody else to show up for me if I'm not doing it. So on that note, I really thank you guys for listening. Those that come back, thank you too from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate you guys. Those that give me your feedback, that, you know, share your stories with me. I love you. I see you. I feel you, and I'm here. And until next time, peace.